Hey guys, it's Matt here, and I got a story for you. When I was a kid, I was playing hockey, and oh man, there was this one year, this one team, we could not beat these guys. They were all over us. There were competitive games, though. They were tight, but we just could not beat them. And I remember the last game of the year, it was up against this team, and we were gearing up. We were like, we have to get these guys. When we won that last game, it was so satisfying because we finally got the victory over the team that had dummied us, that had dominated us for so long. I think this is the same thing with sexual brokenness, with sexual sin, where there's been brokenness in our lives and the enemy has come and taken ground and he's dominated us for so long, but we get to make a difference. We get to be part of a message and a a mission of freedom. It is such a cool opportunity. So I want to invite you, men and women of any age, to be part of the Action Squad. The Action Squad is something that we're putting together right now. We're looking for 100 people to be on the Action Squad. There's going to be some competitive nature to it. There's prizes. And we're going to work together to help produce a documentary that is literally going to change the world. We're featuring stories of sexual brokenness, of people who have been restored and redeemed, reconciled to God and to people in their their lives. And we're going to feature these stories in this world-class documentary that will be a resource for churches to host movie nights, for small small groups to watch together, for families to watch and be inspired by. And it's going to highlight the problem in the church, but also show the, the power of God that is at work when we bring this stuff to light. And so if you want to be part of the Action Squad and help us put this documentary together, I would love for you to go to restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. You can watch a 10-minute video there that I put together on what it can look like for you to join us in this mission and be part of putting this documentary together. So restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. Hope to see you there. Welcome to the Pure Victory Podcast, full of hot tips to help you win at sex, conquer porn, and find purpose in staying free forever. Here are your hosts, Matt Klein and Braden Hafner. Hey, 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 Matt and Braden here. Welcome back to the Pure Victory Podcast. PVP, right? You call it PVP. Yeah, it's going to catch on. It's a thing. PVP. Let's make it a trending <laughs> hashtag on Twitter. Hashtag PVP. We better see what other PVPs are out there before we <laughs> claim that one, hey? That's true. <laughs> that's that's the wisdom of a 40-year-old. Yeah. Like, it's like every episode lately, I'm throwing that in, eh? Yeah, every episode. Man, it's my whole 40th year is going to be every a reminder every day. <laughs> it's like I'm jealous or something. I might be. <laughs> no. 40's good. Somebody, somebody said to me, somebody said to me that because I bug you about your big arms all the time that I'm jealous. Maybe you said that. I don't know. Maybe it was somebody else. But I but. didn't say that. But there's some wisdom there. Maybe we need <laughs> to have like an off-air kind of counseling thing here. Go through some of this this jealousy or something. Eh? I think so. <laughs> I think that'd be good for or me. Or maybe we could go pump some iron over there. I got my weights over there. Well, we'll do that in between takes here. Yeah, that'd make me insecure. <laughs> We're talking today about sexual compatibility. Let's change topic from all the ways you're better and older and wiser than I am. <laughs> we're, we're talking about sexual compatibility. What what is sexual compatibility? I'll look this up right before we right before we uh, recorded. And I thought this was so funny. I googled what is sexual compatibility, and first thing that comes on Google, it's a it's an article, and so I. I opened the article and it says, we asked a sex expert, is sexual compatibility a thing? An expert, Braddon. An expert. An expert. Sex expert. They have a degree in something. (laughs) In writing their own thoughts about sex on the internet. That's what their degree is in. And so what they say is this, sexual compatibility is when both parties are satisfied with their sexual experience and have the same shared set of needs. 
the same set, same shared set of needs, Brad. And a, a husband and a wife have the exact same, exact same <laughs> needs. It's like they're one person. Wow, <laughs> this is sexual compatibility. Wow. For and then it says, for example, if you both have similar libidos or the same turn-ons. So, uh, like I've been married not as long as you, but I've been married six, six and a half years. Mm-hmm. The same libido, same turn-ons, similar libidos. I've never had a day in my marriage where <laughs> we had the same turn-ons, the similar libidos. It's like, man, like I wanted to go at 10 p.m. last night. So did you. And today it's 9 p.m. And you want to go too. Exact time. <laughs> wow. Man. <laughs> it oh, says, man. If, you're, if you both have the same libidos, same turn-ons, similar libidos and same turn-ons, you could, you could be sexually compatible. Sexual compatibility comes naturally with some couples, while with others it can take time to develop. Very next sentence, as this one doctor puts it, sexual compatibility is incredibly important. So here's the thing that the world is telling, and this is one article I know, but this Mm -hmm. is a message in the world. You got to figure out if you're sexually compatible with somebody before you get married. You got to have sex before marriage. You're waiting until after marriage. What if you're not sexually compatible though? Like what if you find out that you don't have the exact same turn-ons and similar libidos as the person. I mean, if you're on this search for someone who's sexually compatible, you're going to be having sex with every person in the world and finding out that nobody is sexually compatible with you. It's true. Well, I'll give you an example. Like your libidos, for instance. They talked about your libidos there. Well, you've said this in Family Life. A couple that has the exact same sexual libidos is a unicorn, i.e. they don't exist. Yeah. <laughs> There is no such thing as a couple that has the identical exact same libido. You might have varying degrees, maybe you have some similarity. You are not the same though. You are not the same. In fact, that is a God-given gift. We're going to talk more about that later. But that is a gift to you because differences are a gift that God gives us in marriage. If you're identical to somebody, well, then one of you isn't necessary. (laughs) Like if you're identical to somebody in your marriage, you know, you don't need one of you. And so differences are a God-given thing and compatibility, man, that has messed up so much of what we understand about sex and relationships. Like even this whole idea, like we'll, we'll scale it way back. You got to kiss somebody to see if they're a good kisser. Well, for those of you that are trying to maintain sexual purity before you get married because you want to do it God's way, right? You really believe he has your best interests at hearts and you're, you're coming into this a virgin. Your first kiss with whoever you're going to be with, um, maybe you're dating, whatever else, and you kiss, you really expect you to be really, really good kisser at that point? How? Like, can you read minds? Do you know what they like? You know exactly the way they like that? Like, that doesn't make any sense, people. Now, there's attraction. Sure, you got to be attracted. That's 100%. You need to have physical attraction to somebody. But to get good at these things right away without having any experience at all as far as like understanding that person, building into intimacy and growing together, that's a lie. Like this whole idea, especially with sexual compatibility, you have sex with them to determine if you're compatible with them. Well, (laughs) that's just going to cause a lot of damage to you into that other person and it's going to leave you wondering why is the world telling me something like this when God's telling me something completely different so and and what this is saying is that 
sex or kissing or whatever is the epitome. Like that's like if they're a good kisser, I mean, yeah. spend your life with them. Oh man, yeah, lock them down. That's all they got to be is a good kisser, that's right? <laughs> like good in the bed. That's it. That's the epitome of a good marriage, right there. Yeah, if they're good in bed. Like, would you rather be with somebody who you can laugh with and talk with and you can be intellectual with and you can learn with and travel with and they respect you and you respect them and you just mm-hmm. love their company but they're not quite as good in the bed at somebody else as somebody else is or, or or you could be with someone who's like a rock star in bed but they're not respectful and they're selfish no, they're and they don't, jerk to you. Yeah. don't like doing things that you do totally. like what, what would you rather oh man <laughs> oh, I know. It's, it's so it's the messages of this world are, are wild but yeah i remember there was a friend that i had who was who is uh, with this person that they were dating for three years. And they're like, the only reason I stayed with this person is because they're amazing in bed and they just loved it. They just loved having sex. Right. Well, then that person got married and they were divorced within a year to somebody else. And I'm like, well, I guess you stayed in a dating relationship for so long because the sex was good. Then you thought sex was good with your spouse. You're divorced within a year. Apparently that's not the epitome of how to have a good marriage. So (laughs) you got to learn something about what's beyond that. And you mentioned the word, you mentioned the word intimacy and growing in intimacy and what that actually looks like. And I think that when you said like, it's a gift, there's something to that, but it's a whole mindset shift from the way that that we're raised up in the world. Mm -hmm. It's a different understanding of sex too, because the world's understanding of sex is it's a self selfish thing you get what you can get you get the pleasure that you want you get your need met you find somebody who meets your needs and it's never about you serving and loving another person having to understand what makes them tick have to understand the differences that exist between you as a couple having to have commitment safety security growing in your intimacy your emotional intimacy your spiritual intimacy you know sex has really been given a bad rap we're in a super hyper sexualized world but sex is given such a low view right and we talked about this in another podcast way back when but a high view of sex sees it as a life-giving thing between husband and wife that they grow in over time as they build their intimacy with each other so this upside down view of sex at the world provides that has to be fireworks from day one and that's your indicator that you're with the right person is completely backwards bad backwards right it's not right and you know there's a great quote here um julie slattery if you ever want to find a great thinker about sex and and all the issues surrounding sex check her out julie slattery but she had a great quote i'm going to read this to you she was asked in a q a um and i'm just going to read this she was asked um, when i'm speaking to single christians they will sometimes ask isn't it a good idea to have sex before marriage so you will know if you are sexually compatible? And she continues on saying, with a few decades of marriage and counseling in my rearview mirror, I have to chuckle at this question. The truth is that we are sexually incompatible with whomever we marry. If we were to marry someone with the exact same sexual desires and drive, we could experience physical pleasure without ever pursuing true sexual intimacy. In fact, I believe that sexual incompatibility is a gift and a part of God's intentional design because it requires that an excellent sex life involve more than the pursuit of selfish pleasure. Wow, that's powerful. Powerful. How true is that though? These differences that we think are an indicator that you're not compatible with somebody, like a libido difference, or you have different needs, you have different desires, different turn-ons. You know, what the world says is, well, that's an indicator that you shouldn't be with this person. But there's a God-given aspect to this, these differences and that you have to serve another person. You're not with someone identical to you. I mean, if you were with someone identical to you, you would never have to ask the question, what do you like? 
You would never have to give up maybe what you want to elevate another person. You would never have to serve another person um, because they're different than you. Like it would be completely different. It'd be this selfish thing. And that's not what sex is. And that's one of the biggest misunderstandings about sex. Sex is a giving thing, something that we do in the context of marriage. We shouldn't be exploring this outside of marriage because you can't separate the two. Sex and marriage are not separable. Is that a word separable? You cannot separate marriage and sex um, because that's not the way God intended it. And it's not because God's this big killjoy trying to destroy our fun. He wants what's best for us. And he designed sex to be fully enjoyed and experienced in marriage. So why would we want to have second-rate sex? Why would we want to have a second-rate experience of this? And not only hurting ourselves, but hurting others, and then becoming even more selfish in the process, looking for sexual compatibility with multiple partners throughout our life. Uh, I just think that it's just damaging so many people, this mindset. I remember this person probably two, three years before, two years before I got married, just shocked that I hadn't had sex. I was waiting for marriage, shocked. Like, you're missing out on so much, Matt. (laughs) <laughs> well, their relationship ended shortly after that. They had another one, now they're single again. And I just think, you know, even if I was missing out, even if I've still not never, hypothetically, experienced the pleasure in sex that they had, I'm with my wife. They're not. We're building a family. Yep. We have fun in our house. We laugh together. We love each other. Mm-hmm. She helps me be better. I help her be better. Mm-hmm. It's like there's so much more than just having sex. And really, in our marriage, we've had trouble with sex. And I've referred to this in different episodes, but we've had trouble. There's been trauma. There's been things that we had to go to doctors for. And there's, uh, our doctors didn't have answers. Things that, uh, issue, one issue that we had, doctors literally had never heard of it. And there's a lot of trauma, a lot of pain, a lot of like shock. And we both saved ourselves for marriage. And then a month in, we have this huge disappointment, huge letdown. Leads to so much dysfunction in our marriage. Uh, with sex and emotionally and intimacy and just like not just physical but like everything and I just look and I'm like we are able to build through that like we're able to grow together through that learn how to communicate through that learn how to understand each other's hurts through that and we're still learning we're still growing but we've come so far and we came through that together but in the world if if somebody was having sex with somebody to see if they're compatible to see if they're marryable and they found out that they had the issue that we had, they would never get married. Like we wouldn't have, if we had had that issue and we were just looking for like, are you compatible? We weren't, we weren't compatible. And so we would never have gotten married, but we believe that the Lord brought us together and that he was working so powerfully through us. And so there's so much more that we've experienced in our marriage because we've understood that this, not that we understand everything perfectly, but we understood that, that God's design was, hey, save yourself from marriage. And marriage is so much more than that, but this is something that's meant to bring you together. Mm. And so with that and the trauma and the hurt that we've had, we've just learned to die to ourselves. We've learned to communicate, to to have some concern for the other person. And even when we say want to have sex and the other person doesn't, or we want to do something and the other person doesn't, or they can't, physically man it's like we can love anyway like we i can still die to myself i can still like Mm -hmm. take some breaths here calm down go okay my wife wants non-sexual touch right now (laughs) right right Right? and that's where she's at and then and then also apart from intimacy we're also growing in the lord and we're trusting and we're the whole time like first probably four or five years of our marriage where it was really really hard we're going like god save us help us help us work through it 
and we're seeing that now and we're we're just going this is a god this is god answering prayer because we are sexually incompatible and we had something go on for us and other people have issues going on in their marriage and other people don't have big issues that go on in their marriage but they still have to figure it out but we had incompatibility that led us to greater levels of intimacy and greater levels of of having to rely on faith and and seeing God come through, which he is, and we're growing and we have intimacy mm-hmm. in our marriage beyond sex. And then with sex, it's growing too. So it's just, there's so much more to it and God's wisdom is what it is for a reason. And so trusting it and relying on that is, uh, man, it's the foundation for so many good things in our lives. Wow. Like you're describing a growth of intimacy that's far more than just a physical thing. There's way more power to that, right? Yeah. I mean, you were listening to that and Matt describing that relationship he has with his wife. Um, how beautiful is that, that they're learning and growing together and they've overcome some things, they're working through some things, but they're doing it together. It's not just about a selfish thing. And you know what? I've I've seen this far too often where it, you, you, someone views sex as just a physical act, but you know what intimacy when you remove sex and intimacy from each other, sex just becomes just this destructive thing because you never can know somebody and to be known fully. Sex is a very intimate act. One of the most vulnerable things we can do with somebody. When you remove that understanding of it, it becomes a taking exercise, just a selfish thing of using somebody else. But when you're with somebody, with your, with your spouse, and they know you and you know them, you have a level of security and love you're working through some things, you have discussions, you're talking about your fears, your joys, your happinesses um, that you've experienced as a couple. You're growing together and that surrounds this intimacy that sex is part of. And you're robbed of that when you view sex as just something that you have to do on a physical level and be compatible on that angle, but you miss out on all the other beautiful aspects of the intimacy and growth of experiencing sex the way God designed it to be experienced. You know, I, I remember back in my day, I was, I went through a partying stage in my life and I'm so thankful God protected me. I didn't get into the whole sleeping around thing. I actually was a virgin for my wife on her wedding night. That isn't to say though, that I didn't experience the, the club life and all that other stuff. Uh, I mean, the reason I, I didn't go down that path, God protected me part of it. I always joke about this too, but I had no game. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, the reason I bring this up is because I was able to witness a lot of things. I had a friend, quote unquote friend, a guy that we partied with, clubbed with. He would be with a different girl every week, probably three or four girls sometimes a week. And this individual, he was someone that initially as a young man and my friends, we would kind of look up to because he had this ability just to sleep with girls left, right and center. And, you know, you think that's what you want. I just remember though, as I aged and I moved away from that, that life and um, crossed paths with this guy or heard about him through different avenues and, and, and just even remembering things more clearly about what it was like back then. He was a completely empty vessel um, of a man. You know, he had no understanding of how to connect to a woman, to value her. He wasn't able to do that. Um, from what I understand later on, you know, he had divorce in his, his, um, his story and uh, could never connect to a woman, never have deep intimacy. He had been completely seared from the ability to do that because sex had been just a physical act. Might have been really good in the bed. I don't know. <laughs> don't really want to know. But even if he was, he had no ability to know and be known. And that's the way God designed it within marriage. And I don't mean to harp on this guy because that's really all he knew. 
You know, um, he didn't know Jesus. And, uh, you know, many of us have experienced something like that. The reason I use him as a case study, though, is because it shows us clearly that this thing that we put up on a pedestal of being able to be really great at sex, find sexual compatibility on a physical level with another person, it's not all it's cracked up to be, to be honest. In fact, it really damages our heart over time. So maybe we need to change our understanding of sexual compatibility. It's something that we grow in. I mean, the amazing thing, I think Matt, I've told you this and we've shared in the podcast, but they did a study. Uh, The sweet spot for sex, uh, they find, is in years 20 to 25 in marriage. What does that tell us? You grow together as a couple. You get better over time. You learn each other. You become a little bit more selfless. You become a little bit more loving. You learn to put the other person first and that's when sex starts to get even more and more what the way God intended it doesn't mean that sex isn't great on day one it just means it's a learning game and you grow in this together and that's an important thing I think for us to, to understand and there's other studies done too you know what within marriage it's shown st- studies have shown that married people have more and better sex mm-hmm. than single people they show a way higher satisfaction with their sex lives. And that's not what the world tells us, right? You watch a sitcom, any TV show, it's always saying, well, marriage is the death of sex. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not having sex with my wife because we've yeah. been married for 15 years, you know, all this stuff, right? You know, and that's such a crock, to be honest. It's not true. You know, God, the way that God designed it, when we experience it and move in that, it doesn't mean there isn't challenge. But there, of course, there's going to be challenge because you have differences <laughs> and we need to learn to navigate those differences and you can. So let's change your understanding. I remember when I got engaged to Louise, there was a, there, there was a group of guys I was in ministry with and, and they were just talking to me about marriage. They're all married and talking to me about sex too. And one of the guys just said this. He's like, well, I mean, this is going to be, I don't remember what he was saying exactly, but I remember him saying this one line. He said, this is going to be somebody that you have sex with what like every like once a week for the rest of your life right he said that and i was like oh like i'm like now getting insights into marriage right and a young guy newly engaged and i'm like oh i've never heard somebody like say it outright in terms of giving me counsel like that sounds pretty good right sounds pretty exciting at that point he had been married 13 years and then he said in the same conversation later on he's like yeah like we've been married 13 years all these people that are like 10, 20 years beyond us in marriage, they've been telling us lately, like, just wait till the kids are out of the house. The sex then is awesome. <laughs> right. And I'm like, really? And I, I just, in my young mind, I couldn't imagine that. I couldn't picture that. And then Braden comes along and all his 40 year old wisdom and telling me <laughs> that, that he had the 20, 25 years into marriage is it's studies have shown that. And I remember another guy when I was engaged, he was in his sixties, married 36 years. And he was telling me that their sex then was the best that it had ever been. Mm. And I was like, what? Like it blew my mind. So there's then single people out there who have this beautiful God-given desire for sex and intimacy and sexual compatibility. And I want to have a great, intimate, beautiful time with my wife when I get married or with my husband when I get married. And and so part of that perversion can be that then we go to, to, go to pornography. Like I want to see what this is like, right? Yeah. But even if we see like like pornography where it's portrayed as a husband and a wife and they're loving each other, uh, which very rarely is portrayed as that. But even if we find something like that, it still is giving you an unrealistic glimpse because it's always perfection on screen. It's never figuring out the emotions of it. It's never putting 
hardly ever putting the other person first. It's typically like you're doing this or you're doing whatever so that you can get like it's like a selfish motive on screen. You're also is if, if it goes perfectly and you're watching porn, then you get married and there's dysfunction of any kind. Yeah. Then your your expectations are so let down because it's like oh I was expecting it to be perfect like fireworks on the wedding night, and now we're two years in it's still not perfect. I mean I just shared a bit about my wife and I. We joke we're like we're still rookies. We're still trying to figure this out. <laughs> We've been right. through things. It's six and a half years almost, and and we're just figuring things out. But we we laugh. It's like yeah. But the thing with that is like let's learn. Like we're yeah. learning together. That's the thing. It's like. Totally. 15 years in, let's learn. Like, let's consider ourselves to be people who just need to learn. And it's beautiful to have that mindset. And so that when you're single and your desire is, I just want to get married and have sex and experience the beauty of it. It's so nice. It's so godly and given to you by God, that desire. But we got to manage the expectations and not go prematurely to watch other people just to get a glimpse, but rather learn what it is to have these principles in place. Like learn how to put other people first, to die to yourself, learn how to control your body, learn how to see other people in terms of someone who's different than you. Like how can you love someone or understand someone who's different than you, even if Mm. they're a friend or somebody that you're, you're just interacting with. Those those things are going to be the things that bring some sort of compatibility, if you want to use that word, in mm. your marriage when it comes to sex. And so use that stuff. Use your singleness to grow in that, rather than using it to just crave sex and go to porn to learn what it's like because it's so unrealistic. Very true. That's like you're talking about building a good foundation as a single person in your understanding, but even in marriage, that like you build your house being your marriage on a good foundation because you have something to lean on. You have you know, solid footing, you know, this whole idea of sexual compatibility, if you're the right person, they're the same libido as you. And like, just think about that. You can break that down in the context of a life together. (laughs) Um, Your wife has kids after having, having babies. Do you think her libido is going to be the same as it was when she didn't have kids? Absolutely not. When you have a young family, are you going to be able to have those moments and those times where you could sex just happens on the drop of a dime? It doesn't work like that, right? I mean, even seasons in bo- when your bodies change as you get older, you, you think that you imagine sex like what it's on the screen in the movies where there are these fit people and it's always this way, you know, like, you know, these images where like, it's just so passionate, you know, like uh, you're just sweeping stuff off of the table, the counter, and it's happening in the kitchen. It's happening everywhere in the car, whatever else, right? You have this image in your mind of that's what it's like. It's not the case, right? But the beautiful thing is a foundation that you build on with intimacy, a stronger, deeper intimacy rooted first in God, but then you work on that with each other. Then you, those seasons that bring change, your love for each other just grows instead of resenting each other. Hey, your libido is not the same when you're 21 versus when you're 45. What's up, right? Maybe I'm with the wrong person because we're not sexually compatible anymore. No, that's not true, right? Like you need to build a foundation in intimacy. And it helps you weather those those times where maybe the pilot lights just needs to be burning a little bit and you can turn it up when seasons change, you know? But that's so important to have that understanding and understand too that the way that the movies portray it, the way the world portrays it isn't true. Like my wife and I always joke about this. We watch a movie and um, there might be a scene, they wake up the morning after this couple, they kiss each other in the morning. My wife and I always look at each other and like, oh, 
can you imagine how nasty their breath is? That's so gross. <laughs> for me, my wife, like hygiene's really important when it comes <laughs> to regards to sex. So for us, that's just nasty. Like we would never do, like we would go brush our teeth first. I know that sounds a little bit unromantic, sorry, but we're just not wired that way. We see that like that's not realistic. <laughs> you guys are funny. <laughs> a little bit of, gl- a bit of a glimpse. Yeah. Hey honey, I'd love to give you affection, but I need to make sure I'm perfectly clean first. At least my teeth brushed. So like, come on now. <laughs> no, it's understandable. I don't think that's uncommon for yeah. sure. So if you're married and you're listening to this, feel free to bring your bring your spouse into the conversation and get this and send it to your, send it to your spouse. It's gonna help, right? Like just gives you a more of a gracious attitude towards yourselves and towards each other. Like, mm-hmm. oh, we're figuring things out and we've been married however many decades. That's fine. Yeah. That's good. Like we're learning, right? And don't beat yourself up for not having it perfect. Why beat yourself up? You're not perfect. They're not perfect. There's always going to be things like Brad and saying bodies change and times change and situations change. And so we want to keep on having fun. But if you're married, send this to your spouse. If you're single, we just hope that this brings some clarity into what uh, what married sex and godly sex looks like. But it's not just all hard. I hope we didn't communicate that. It's fun. Like when you're figuring mm-hmm. things out and you learn how to serve your, your spouse and bring joy or bring pleasure to their lives, yep. that's fun. That's what it's all about. I remember this, the one guy who was in his 60s saying like, this is, it's better now than ever. He's like, the most joy that I have in sex is when my wife is loving it, like at her climax. Yep. He's like, that's the best. And so it's it's just so different than the picture that porn portrays in and has us think so hope that this helps and uh, thanks for tuning in if you need any support for anything if there's trauma in your marriage from sexual addiction if there's addiction or or the constant habits of immorality in your own life for your spouses make sure you go to uh, restoredministries.ca and check out uh, programs if you need help in your marriage go to familylifecanada.com they have fantastic uh, workshops. It's Braden's ministry and fantastic workshops, uh, support. There's other podcasts there. There's uh, weekend getaways. There's tons of support. So feel free to check those out and uh, share this episode, even not with your spouse, but even with other people, if you think it'll help. So God bless. Thanks for tuning in. Chat again. Thanks for listening. If you would like to hear more, please visit purevictorypodcast.com to subscribe. This podcast was made possible by the generous donations of our subscribers. If you would like to help support the cause financially, once again, please visit purevictorypodcast.com.